Welcome back, or welcome to the MR Running Pains podcast. My name is Aaron Saft. And my name's Amber Saft. Yes, I have a co-host here for the intro. Amberin, how are you today? I'm good. Good. Um, who are our guests for the podcast today? Today our guests are Chris Roberts and John Anderson. That's right. These two are friends way back from 2016. We met in the Beast Series back in Virginia. Um, Amberin has met uh, both Chris and John on separate occasions. Um, you recently saw John at the Old Dominion, if you remember. He was crewing for the gentleman that got second, Michael DeBova. I like that last name. <laughs> yes, and he is a fast, fast gentleman. He he did amazing. Um, John and Chris are amazing runners in their own right. We're going to talk about their adventures at the Black Hills 100 miler, as well as reminiscing about our pasts and their pasts. Um, so um, we uh, we look forward to to sharing this episode with you. Amber and I are going to talk a little bit at the end about Hard Rock. Uh, as that's coming up, and uh, it will be starting the day after this podcast release. So um, we'll talk to you in a bit. Until then, enjoy the interviews with... Aaron Saft, Chris <laughs> Roberts, John Anderson. That's right. Thank you, ma'am. We'll talk to you at the end. All right. As I said in the intro, I've got with me uh, Mr. John Anderson and Chris Roberts. How are you both doing? Doing, doing fine. Great. Awesome. Uh, we get to see each other, which is uh, an added bonus. Um, and uh, man, I mean, <laughs> just so happy to see your faces. Uh, it's been too long since uh, we've all been at a race together. So this is fantastic. At least we can come together virtually. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, you know a billion things today. But um, before we do that, uh, why don't we uh, let you guys introduce yourselves a little bit more? So, uh, John, do you want to start off and just tell us about yourself and, and your background and what you do, all that good stuff? Sure, sure. You know, he, he see he goes with the older person first. Age <laughs> <laughs> before yeah. beauty. No, and, and it is great. Um, I was just telling Michelle, it's like it's cool how you know that really like we all met, um, uh, or, or at least Saft, you uh, when you came up to Virginia to do the beast series mm -hmm. and this is just a cool testament to like how you can become friends uh through just you know a few races which you know throughout all those is brief periods of time and then uh you know you keep in touch with social media and stuff and get to see each other out so yeah it's really cool good to see you and uh and and uh chris well we'll get into our friendship as well but yeah i'm uh 45 i'm a veterinarian by trade and uh uh, live in Crozet, Virginia, which is just outside of Charlottesville. Um, yeah, kind of at the base of Shenandoah. So kind of a nice place to run. Not that's why we moved there, but it kind of turned out that once uh, me and a couple buddies who uh, all live in the same neighborhood started to get into kind of marathoning and then trail running, uh, we just started to discover like, oh, we can we can actually run up to Shenandoah and run up these hills and I think I lived, you know, right at the base of these, you know, 2000 foot climbs for years without ever contemplating going up them on foot or anything and uh, have uh, a couple of my best friends just, you know, live in the neighborhood, a bunch of guys, and we all do these same races together. You, you know them, you know, Danton, Spiran and Lysiak and Thompson and Dubova. And uh, so anyway, uh, that's just 
kind of what I do. I'm a vet and uh, we have this fun training ground and uh, like to go and uh, do these races as much as possible. And my wife and I did own um, a running store, Crozet Running, for seven years. And we uh, sadly called it quits last year. Well, sad is bittersweet, um, but uh, we, we actually have a lot of time and I'm um, really busy with my vet job. So um, so it's, uh, it's, it's actually good and refreshing to be able to like race and do these things without so much, um, on my plate. But that experience was actually a really great reason why I, I think I got into trail. Uh, it was, it was just like a two things coming um, together and, and, you know, just got to meet people. Like, like, I think if we didn't own the store, like, would we be friends? You know, would I have run as much? Would I have met Chris Roberts and, and, and gotten to race with him so much? And, uh, I don't know. So it's kind of a great, uh, uh, start for lots of excellent experiences and, um, relationships most importantly. So I think, I think that's it. I think I just rambled on who I am right now. So, and I'm married to a wonderful woman, Michelle, and we have a 15 year old son. So awesome. Awesome. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about ultra and, and when you got into that and how you got into that, but we'll allow Chris to, to do his piece. Uh, yeah. All right. Thanks. Yeah. So, uh, I'm Chris Roberts and I currently reside in the uh, mountainous city of St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I used to live in DC and, uh, let's see, I, uh, yeah, it was probably like six or seven years ago. I started running ultras and it was a great, place to be um you know such close access to uh shenandoah it was what like an hour and a half drive to tons of different mountains and stuff so that was real cool but um you know after a while i just thought it was it was too much too much vert so uh, about two years ago my family and i packed it up and we moved to st louis um and i've been doing the uh the flatlander training ever since um my wife is originally from st louis which is why we moved back here um i'm from kansas city originally so missouri home home state so uh yeah but other than that i've uh you know i'm just i'm a data analyst uh, i don't know i crunch numbers uh for the faa and uh train a little bit on the side um and then i got yeah i got two kids who are seven and uh four and my wife and that's really about it nice oh i mean we can we can definitely talk about things that you've done. Um, John mentioned that we all uh, met. We met in 2016. Um, when when and, you beat me in the Beast series. <laughs> well, it was a uh, it was an awesome year. I, I mean, I I really enjoyed you know running, um, especially the you know grindstone. I mean, the three of us. You know, we we all started out. I think we got through about the first 20 miles before you you kicked me out of the group. Um, <laughs> um, but did you guys know each other prior to that, the prior to 2016? Uh, no. Yeah, I think, yes. well, technically right. I think, um, we had met, we, we spoke very briefly at, um, Hellgate 2015, uh, cause John starts out kind of slow and I was, I was very new to ultras. So I was much slower than him and he was just hanging back with the, you know, the middle of the Packers having little conversations. And so I chatted him up for a little bit, um, at Hellgate. Um, didn't, we we didn't, meet at, didn't we meet at the gym the year before though? Cause I, I think you ran the Jarman's yeah. marathon, which we've it's put hard on. to say I met you at the right. gym. Um, so yeah, <laughs> John puts on John, 
alter ego puts on uh on a pretty awesome race and i ran it because it was free and i was like i need vert because i was going to run grindstone in 2015 um but i didn't know anybody in the community at all and so i i spoke like a couple sentences to some people i think i met sophie spidell out there and, and a couple other people but like i didn't really say anything to anybody i was in there just by myself and then i failed i wasn't very uh very outgoing so i don't know if i ever talked to you to be honest that at uh germans <laughs> i don't think i knew who you were when when we did chat at hellgate and then you're like oh yeah i ran the gym last year i think i think i felt bad like oh yeah you it's, it's hard to remember everybody you know it is, it, is. it was i think uh, that was my second race ever i think uh germans maybe wow in 2015 or yeah is that, yeah the second wow. or third okay um, do, do you have any other background in running, Chris? Did you run? I ran in high school, um, 800 meters, uh, big cross country. But, uh, other than that, like in college, I was, I was supposed to run on a track team, uh, for my, my university in college D2. Uh, I was going to walk on, but I showed up uh, a few days late to school and, uh, I, I guess I didn't, I missed the memo or somebody didn't send me an email. And so I was just like, uh, I was too embarrassed to admit it, so I just bailed for the the team. I just I was like, nope, never mind. Um, <laughs> That's yeah. that extrovert in you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was that was the extent of my uh, my running really in college. Yeah. Forgive me for a second here, John, but Chris, um, what was the uh, impetus for um, running Grindstone in in 2015? What what you know what motivated you to want to run that? Um, so in 2014, my daughter was born and I started, I decided to kind of get a little healthier. I had, um, I wasn't like out of shape necessarily. I mean, I wasn't overweight or anything, uh, but I had this, uh, uh high blood pressure, um, uh, that I had for like a decade and I kind of wanted to get under control. So I wanted to get back to running and eating healthier and all this stuff. And so I was like, I'll run a marathon, um, and actually try and train for it a little bit. Cause I'd run some others previously, like when I was in my teens and, you know, it was like run 15 miles and then walk the rest of the way. Cause you're just, yeah. Cause you're not prepared. Um, and then I just quickly cascaded. I was like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a hundred miler. Um, so I signed up for grindstone before I even ran an ultra. Um, and I just, I, I had a feeling it would be fun. Um, and but I didn't, I didn't realize I would be as good at it as I ended up being. I didn't realize I would enjoy it as much as I do. So, yeah, yeah, just kind of out of control. How did 2015 go? 2015 at Grindstone? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was pretty. It was good. Um, I, I honestly, I was just over 24 hours at, at Grindstone for my first hundred. Um, which I think is most people would would love to have that. Um, I honestly was a bit shocked <laughs> and a little disappointed. I was like, I thought this was going to be this horrible thing where it'd take me, you know, like 30 hours and I was going to be dead and my body was just like, you know, not going to be able to handle it. And I was going to find like my breaking point. And instead I like exceeded my expectations and I was like, Oh, this is pretty awesome. So. Nice. Uh, so you're yeah. disappointed that it wasn't as awful as you thought it was going to be. Yeah. I, di I didn't find my limit, so to speak. So I was like, what? <laughs> now I have to work harder. I can find my distance. Yeah. Right on. Right. And John, how about you? Um, what what brought you into the world of ultra, and and what graduated you up to uh, two hundred milers? Yeah, it's well, it's kind of funny you're saying that, Chris, because I um my uh again it just came down to my my friend uh you know really like my best friend uh, Dan Spearn, who I 
train with all the time. And, and we literally live like five houses down. So we get up at four in the morning and go run up the mountain together before, uh, before work, you know, finishing up at six thirty or seven. So it's, it's a really mm-hmm. great thing to have. And, and then of course, you know, you really get into a lot of stuff with your friends. So I, I think my identity with running has come a lot from my training partners. And again, Matt Thompson, who, you know, and Jeff Lysiak, I mean, literally just like all live in the same neighborhood, Justin Watson and another one. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we went from running kind of, you know, marathon to, uh, uh, my first ultra was going to be Eastern divide, but I got like a stress fracture, you know, I did it, did it all wrong. And, and it it took me a while. And and my first, our first ultra was actually like a fat ass Catherine's fat ass, which is a local VHTRC one, which is really cool. And then, um, and then ended up doing a mountain masochist and, um, and I didn't run for like, uh, like two weeks after that, it was, a, it was a really humbling experience, but it was awesome. I had a pretty good race and, you know, uh, I think I had night sweats for like four nights after that. And then, um, Dan Spearin got into Hellgate and was running this hundred K and it's like hearing about this race that's like in the in the night and all this snow and ice and like it sounded just way beyond me and then I remember again some more friends talking about it and, and Sophie as you mentioned Chris just talking about uh how everyone gathers in this cabin uh before the race and then, and then afterwards and and how you're there's I was picturing this isolated you know cabin with all these runners leaving and going and running at midnight or something and, and that to me I was like whoa, like that sounds just amazing. You know, it sounds super hard. And, and then I went on a training run with Dan. It was like sleeting and semi snow and rain, uh, one week before he was doing Hellgate. And I was like, I think I want to run this race. So I, I emailed, um, Horton and kind of, uh, I don't know why he let me in, but somehow he must've had an extra spot and was ready to take my money. And, and, and I was so undertrained and ran my first Hellgate and uh, I think that was my real big hook was I, I finished in like 17, over 17 hours, getting passed by people all day long and just literally limping the last three miles downhill to the finish. It was it was really a sad, you know, race and it was pouring rain. I had an emergency poncho on and uh, I think just just having that experience was like, wow, OK, yeah. You know, once you heal from that, a couple of days later, you realize how awesome it was. But it, it actually took me like three years before I wanted to do a hundred. So unlike you, Chris, where you're like, "Oh, I wanted it to be harder," I was like, "No, Hellgate's plenty hard. I don't think I want to see further than this." And not until the third time I did it, I was like, "All right, I think I'm curious about what it's like uh, beyond uh, this." So my first hundred was 2016 out in uh, Bighorn. And, uh, and that was pretty, pretty great once I got that going, but everyone I run, I'm like, I'm never doing this again. (laughs) This is too hard. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, can I go back to something you said there, um, about Eastern divide? You said you did it all wrong. I always like people to kind of learn from, you know, others mistakes. You know, what could you say that you did so wrong that, you know, led you to the stress fracture and not being able to do that? Um, you know, I think just. I think you just don't know, right? Like everybody should have a stress fracture at some point because like I was it's like putting my foot in ice buckets at night and thinking that was normal, right? Like, and, and now I'm so pain averse, you know, I don't want to ever have any sort of thing 
so uh, I had also, I had actually worked really hard on my running form and I was totally into like minimal shoes. And that was definitely, I just overdid it, you know, and I don't blame minimal shoes. I just blame being a knucklehead and running too far from my body. And, and I think when you first start running, even, even if you've got a pretty good like frame, it's a lot of stress, right? So those of us who, who are doing this now realize like it probably takes you two years to get yeah. your legs ready for the kind of training maybe you want to do. But, but then all these people around you are like, Oh, you should do 20 mile training runs and all this stuff. So you're like following the wise people's advice, but yeah, your, your body's not ready. So, I, so yeah, I got a stress fracture in my foot. No, no big deal. But that was actually a really important thing to have because I, since then have, I've never really had another big injury problem because I've, I just kind of learned like, okay, yeah, I can, I can get hurt. I can. So. Yeah. Right on. How about you, Chris? Did you ever have anything major setback wise injury? I mean, major setbacks? No. When I first started running, like John said, like I, I, I went from like couch to marathon basically in a 16 week period. And then I immediately like went from that into starting to run kind of ultra training and it wasn't more than like three months after my my marathon that uh feel like my knee just kind of gave out and i had to take a good few months of just doing practically not nothing but i mean just not really a lot of good running at all um to get my knee back in shape um you know just like tendon damage because you know too much too much stress because my body wasn't used to it um it had been you know like six months from having not done consistent running for you know the better part of a decade so um but other than that i think the only the, the worst thing that's ever happened to me was i guess right after uh right after western states in 2016 i tried to get back into training a little too quickly and it was like three weeks after the race i tried to do just a, a couple of mile repeats on the track, not at full effort, but something that was more than I should have been doing. Um, and it felt fine. And then the next day I was like, man, my hip really hurts. Um, and it was, you know, just like partially torn labrum and thought I should work my way through it. And I signed, you know, I, I had Eastern States coming up too. And, and I ended up like, uh, DNFing Eastern States. It's the only race I haven't I haven't finished because like 15 miles in, I was like, yep, my, my, my hip is not right. Um, But yeah, then I've been, I've been pretty risk averse after, after that, just being careful to take care of your body, be modest, not going to any kind of crazy amount of training or stress. Just always being mindful of life stress and training stress and balancing everything out pretty well. Yeah. Uh, well, you had a great run at, at Western States. You were uh, top 15, weren't you? Uh, I was, I think I was 18th male, 18th, 18th? 19th, okay. something like okay. that. Nice. That's, I mean, that's tremendous. That was 2016, you said? Yeah. And then, then you both did, so you did Western States and then tried to do Eastern, but that's where you had to held off. Um, John, you did Bighorn and then came back for Grindstone. So both of you had already done a, a hundred, had, had you done any more hundreds that year or is it was just those two for each of you? Yep. Just those two. Yeah. 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 That's so grindstone was actually my first hundred ever. Um, that, that was, I just wanted to complete the B series and like, I didn't really actually have the aspiration of doing a hundred miler. I just really, you know, I was like, wow, that trophy is really cool. I'd like to try that. 
and then that got me into you know doing, doing more of course it starts the cycle which we were talking about earlier before we started about uh, hard rock you know of course it starts the qualifying process and yeah yeah you know that mentality of saying all right i gotta get you know i gotta get my qualifier so um but um yeah i mean you know like i my first ultra was back in 2008. Uh, I did a 50k, and then it took me to 2014 to do a 50 miler. So I like I had no rush <laughs> in building wow. up, the, you know, into the longer distances. Um, you and, had all that that college background. You had the speed. Yeah, yeah, I've been running forever. Yeah, I'm like a, a Neanderthal when it comes to like uh, <laughs> to running. I've been doing this for for too long, but um, yeah, it's amazing. And do you guys attribute you know to uh, your training? Do you do anything ancillary? Do you do cross training or strength training or anything like that? No, <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> you know, I I I think for like two years I was like. I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my forties now. And, uh, everybody says, you know, you should do stuff. So I, I went, uh, to, uh, you know, where university of Virginia is in Charlottesville and my wife is an alumni there. So, so we could get a membership to their awesome gym. And I would like swim once a week and do like, like body weight stuff. And, you know, I hated it. It was like a purgatory and, and I, I did it cause I was like, discipline and, and thought this was good. And, and I, um, it felt good, but I, I hated swimming. I suck at swimming. Like I have to hold on to every wall. I, I literally like don't know how to do flip turns. And, and I just, I I'm cold getting in the water. Like I hated it. And then in the gym, you know, you're in the, in a college gym as this like 40 year old dude and <laughs> you know, just out of place. And, and finally after it took me like two years to realize like, I don't like doing this. I'm not doing this anymore. And um, so, yeah. So, so likewise, um, there's probably going to be a time I'm, I'll, I'll have to start doing it again, but, but I will say, and Chris, I think you're good about this too. Like if you can get um, right, like out of the mindset of just running and, and be okay. Like, um, like we do a lot of bushwhacking and like messing around building trails, you know, Chris, you got into some, uh, navigation type uh, races and stuff. And I think that type of stuff where you're on really uneven terrain and you're not afraid to hike. And, and again, sometimes just getting off trail, like I swear by bushwhacking, it's, it can help. And then, you know, like yard work and all that stuff. I think there's a lot of different ways of staying reasonably fit without torturing yourself at the gym. If you don't like the gym, not that there's anything wrong with the gym. So I, I love those weekends where you do a crazy amount of yard work and then you're super sore after work for like days. Like yes. I, I could have run, you know, a hundred mile week with 20 K avert and I would not feel half as bad as four hours of yard work that I put in. Dude, my right, my right arm is so dead from painting all day today, you know, so uh, it's just ready to hold a handheld, you know, there you go. <laughs> there you go. John, you've also run Western States. Uh, remind me what year that was. Uh, so I was the year after Chris Roberts. And, you know, it's it's funny because, uh, you know, Chris and I, uh, we, we really do have this, like, the best rivalry nemesis because, you know, the way I see it is we're so evenly matched, although we're not. Chris is Chris is younger, faster, more talented, and and somehow I just I just seem to hang with him more than I should, and um, and I think it makes him upset, and it makes me happy when I do. So so that tension like drives it all, and it's awesome. And and it's funny though because Western states, 
you know, Roberts ran like, uh, we like 18 under 19 hours, right? Yeah. Yep. And, and, and the way Chris would talk about it is like, yeah, you know, had a pretty good day and uh, I, I could definitely go faster. So I'm thinking like, oh, well, I should be able to run under 19 hours, you know, and man, I just blew up. You know, I, I like, I was like stressed. I did uh, get under 24 hours for a silver buckle, which I'm so happy that I did, but I just, I had a really rough, rough time. And um, I, I think that was my third hundred and I was still figuring it out, you know, so my stomach blew up and I totally went out too hard and I totally got caught up in the hype of um, Western States for me. Like I really do have to start slow to have any hope of running fast at the and um so so it was funny though because then then i was like dang and i hate chris roberts even more because he just did so well and like i was way behind him at the first split and i was going out too fast Ugh! so uh so it, it was i i puked and just got overheated and and i would say my year was much tougher than chris's but statistics might disagree with me on that too so it, it got a little hotter your year but you know not too much not too much, yeah. I didn't have the snow though. I had, we had like a patch of ice up at the top for the first <laughs> time. That was it. Just like, oh, you got to step on some ice for about ten feet. That was about it. Yeah, two thousand seventeen. There was so much snow and mud, and it was just. I can go back to that. You know, for anyone who hasn't run Western States, like the first fifty k is, dude. It is a rough and tumble, high altitude mountain fifty k, and it's not butter. There's no butter trail. It's all rugged as hell, and. Uh, I just overdid it. And by the time I got to Robinson flat, I was like, Ooh, that was really hard. And I think, I think I was defeated by then, you know? So, yeah. So John had the snowy year. Um, but, uh, my year is pretty good. I, I started out pretty conservative though at Western States, uh, just trying to go for 24 hour pace. Um, and I think John was a little more ambitious to the start. Because of you, because I because thought I could, awesome be like, I, yeah, I could be like Chris Roberts. So, <laughs> but this is where I say you're, you're faster and more talented and that frustrates me. So <laughs> I, I guess I should, uh, should stop slacking off so much. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we ran our first, uh, 2016. Yeah. There's, uh, again, the beast that we alluded to for anyone listening is like, six races all david horton or clark zierland races and there's 350ks in the spring and the um second one uh terrapin mountain is an awesome race and um yeah we didn't really know each other well and then we started just running together and it was a pretty light field and next thing you know you know we're, we're just chatting and then uh you know usually in a race you you kind of go by yourself at, at some point, I guess, especially if you're racing hard and, and Roberts was just like not running ahead or behind. So I was like, all right, this is cool. We're having good conversation. And, um, and then, uh, yeah, finally we, we ran the whole 50 K together, literally finished together with this person who I really just got <laughs> to know personally at that race. So it was kind of funny uh, and you know, you run the whole thing together and we were just going fast, but I think, I think Roberts could have dropped me in a heartbeat at the, at the end of that first one, but we, we had I finished. Uh, I think you drug me along a little bit. So, so I stuck with you because I had at, uh, we ran Hellgate, you know, the, the year before 
And I had just gotten into Western States. So I was going to use the B series as kind of like using these 50Ks as training for, for States. Um, and I'd looked up John's, uh, you know, his, his time, or I looked up, you know, the times at, at these races and I'd seen John's name up there towards the top. And, and I was like, and I knew that I ran with him very briefly at, um, at Hellgate. And so I was like, that guy seems to have some pretty good times. Like, I, I feel like I should be able to get in shape to, to kind of hit those same times at these races. And then when I met him at, at or actually, you know, when we had the conversation at, at the beginning of Terrapin, I was like, I'm, I'm just going to hang with him. I don't know this race. And, um, I don't know if he, you know, I don't know how well I could do. And so I just kind of hung with him as a kind of a, a means to test myself and see, you know, if I was really on path to be as good as the fabled John Anderson. Um. <laughs> uh, well, I was running mountain masochist and uh, some of the, the younger Virginia tech kids, the, the ultra team there, uh, they were all, God, did you see John Anderson? Did you see what John Anderson did? Oh my God. How does that guy run so fast? He's like, what is he like 57? I mean, <laughs> they were just talking about John, like he was a running God. And, uh, and then they look over at me and they're I like, love oh. it. And I, I'm like a year older than, or you're younger than John. And they're like, what? <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, but, um, that, I mean, that year was, I mean, that was, that was so much fun to, to absolutely get to know you guys. Uh, and, and John, you had mentioned something about, um, you know, something in the regard of, of kind of like mastering uh, a hundred mile. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I have no grasp on the hundred mile distance. Like it, it seems like every time I do something, it's so much different where well, there's some variable that just like throws a monkey wrench into the plan. Um, have you guys found anything that's like, this is consistent. If I do this, this works, but you know, like it, it seems like every time I do something that works the next time it's like, that didn't work. Do you guys find uh, that? I, yeah. I mean, I, I think I've got a system down pretty well. I'm fairly conservative and risk averse in my running. I'm like, I'm not going out there to, um, you know, just going, um, flying by the seat of my pants or anything. I'm not trying to hit me like course records or anything like that. So, um, just kind of, I know what I can do and I know like how much you need to be holding back, uh, at the beginning. I think John knows that a little bit better. Uh, John's pretty good at that. Um, holding back at the beginning of a hundred. Um, yeah. And I, I found just, yeah, the easier you take the beginning miles, it just kind of falls into place. I've never had any real major problems with like stomach issues and stuff like that. Um, which has been, uh, a, a real plus. <laughs> so as long as you, you keep the training up and you take it easy at the beginning of a race, I found that it, it works pretty well for me at least. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's so simple, right? Like it is the recipe for hundreds is like, you just really got to start slow. And I, I think I define it in my mind as like the best races I've had at the end anyway. Uh, I, I, I truly in my mind just haven't really cared at the beginning, you know, I, I'm kind of like, yeah, uh, I just want to, I just want to have a good race. Right. Like, like that's, that's the mindset kind of like what you're saying with Western States, Chris, like, I just want to be under 24, which for you is certainly a you know very attainable goal. So, and when you start out like that, right, all the stuff clicks and there's definitely magic in a hundred miler where if you have taken care of your body, you can all of a sudden do this crazy stuff at the 
end of it. And, and, and when you're, when you're like passing people who haven't taken care of their body, <laughs> you feel like Superman, you know, even though you're probably running a 13 minute mile when your competition <laughs> is like 16 minute miles, man, it's, it's awesome. So going slow and I have a, I have a stomach problem for sure. My, my friend Dan says I have a hundred K stomach, which is so true, you know, right around <laughs> the hundred K mark. It's just, it's never happy. And it's, it's the, I would take leg pain and foot pain any day over nausea, cramping and having a difficult time um, getting food in. So that's, but that's also effort related. So I, I think for me and for people who have stomach issues, it still comes down to the same thing is like, go easy. And, uh, and then I, I have a little more work, I think, and trying to keep figuring out what, what fuel I can um, use uh, successfully to, 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 to just not have a crappy stomach late, late in the race. So, yeah. And I don't, I, yeah, like I said, I don't have the stomach problems, but I would say, yeah, like the, the, the final 50 K of a hundred miler, I always have issues where I'm just not super hungry. I don't really want to eat anything or drink anything. And so it's just, it becomes that struggle where you're just trying to stay mentally on top of it. So you can get some nutrition down, uh, to keep your body moving. Uh, but yeah, it's like, if you start a race and you're doing like 300 calories an hour, by the end of it, it's like, maybe I'm only doing 150 because you just don't want to drink anything. I don't want to eat anything. My body's just kind of sick of it. So. Right on. Um, Chris, you had mentioned that, uh, you're, you didn't finish Eastern John. Do you have any DNFs? No, no, I don't. I am superior than Chris Robert in that, in that area. Not that I'm, you know, I, I try to be like, uh, that that's not always something to be proud of. Right. Like, like number one, don't screw your body up. Um, I'm a big believer in, in that for sure. I hate seeing people have problems after a race cause it's not worth it. So, but, but I just, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I haven't, I haven't had a duck out of one. So I, I wanted to DNF just going back to the crappy races, uh, MMT in Virginia, uh, Mass mountain, Mass and um, uh, trail 100. It's an awesome race and hard. And I, I ran that in, in again, like a record setting hot year is so hot. And, um, and like, I was trying to run easy. And then early on, everyone around me started getting really hot. And next thing I know, is like in first place at mile 30. I was like, Oh, I'm feeling good. And I promise I'm going slow. And, and I, I thought I was going slow all day, but I, I just got overheated and, and, um, and like totally blew up at mile like 87, um, to the point where I stayed in an aid station for three hours. And, uh, and I, I just, is stomach and everything. And, and, uh, and I really wanted to drop like, like if I could have, that would have been a DNF and they just kept ignoring me when I was asking them to drop and, and there was no way I could get home anyway. So I just like laid down and took a nap, woke up, told them I wanted to drop and they're like, well, we can't really take you home. So it took another hour nap and finally somehow got, got the uh, strength to go on. But, but again, should have gone, should have gone slower. Right on. Gotcha. Um, we've, you know, we've talked, um, you know, a good amount about, um, 2016, 2017. Uh, when was, uh, Massanutten, John? 
2019. Was it 2019? Okay. I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, And Chris, you did Hellbender in 2019, which um, I really enjoyed getting to watch and and hand you that buckle. Um, I think I almost take more joy in you know that part of of uh, of running is actually you know directing and seeing other people's finishes and and you know feeling part of that. Um, it, it was a tremendous day to watch. You really did have a great effort. You conserved early. Um, you want to talk about Hellbender a little bit? Um, yeah, <laughs> like I have a good effort. I just remember distinctly the last 20 miles. What is it like after mile 80, there's basically like a 10 mile climb. Um, and I just remember distinctly feeling like, Nope, I'm not going to chase. Uh, was it Sam? I was like, no, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and go for the win. Like I'm, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to walk as much of this as I want. Um, but no, Hellbender was good. It was just a fun experience. Uh, big climbs. Uh, I will say I was, I thought it was really cool seeing, I guess, not seeing you out there, um, being towards the front of the race, uh, not seeing the race director very much because I knew that you were making a concerted effort to be there at the aid stations, greeting, you know, the mid packers and the back of the packers and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I, you know, I knew it was your race. That's why I signed up for it. Um, I thought it'd be cool to, to run it. Um, super tough looking course. And then, you know, the day of the race, I, I never saw you at all. I'm just like, ah, <laughs> why am I not seeing staff around? Like, this is weird. Uh, but yeah, it's because you were race directing, you were <laughs> helping take care of the, the lost souls. And um, yeah, so it was really cool to see. Uh, it's, it really is a, you know, a unique experience to put on a hundred miler, but I mean, uh, you know, 2022, you know, God willing and Forest Service willing, <laughs> we'll have it back. Um, John, you know, we'd love to uh, to create like a, a billboard and, you know, have you, the, the two title fighters, you know, uh, the two contenders, uh, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, some social media advertising. Uh, we can, you know, have the uh, the, <laughs> the fisticuffs up. Uh, we'd love to, to have yes. you come. <laughs> um it hey, probably, what's your hellbender date for 2022 we are trying for the first week of may um you know we're still in talks with all of the uh the various entities that permit us um and the great thing about having so many entities is they all want each other's permits first which makes it extremely easy for the people that are trying to put the permits in so we are uh you know just doing the like Who's going to give first? <laughs> like, so, yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're trying because there's the National Forest Service, uh, the National Park Service. Uh, we have the state park, the NCDOT, um, two different counties with emergency services. So there's just all of these entities that have to yeah. come together, you know, to, to put this uh, together. So it's it's kind of a, a nightmare, if you will. Um, but we're working through it all right now. It's just, you know, like I said, who's going to give first to let us uh get our, you know, our permit in. So somebody will accept our permit so we can show the others, you know, yes, we do have uh, the permits to do this, but yeah, we're shooting for the first weekend in May. And that's what we're trying to do going forward is just stay the first weekend in May so that it's, you know, cool. succinct every year uh, so that nobody has a question. When's it going to be? Cause what's happened in the past is like Easter or spring break, you know, it falls on that date, you know, that we had the previous year. So that's why we've had to bounce so many times. Uh, but so love to have you both there. Uh, 2022. Uh, uh, 
theoretically, you guys still have my money um, from <laughs> the 2020 version. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, you read the, the emails, Chris, but <laughs> not everybody I did. did. Not. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so that's a, a lesson to all. Please read the emails. <laughs> they tell you what, what happened so far as refunds. Yeah. Um, no, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to ride this. If they, if they delay it, if they you know, postpone it, whatever. I'll, <laughs> I figured there wasn't going to be any other races going on. So if yours is happening, I might be happy well, to. You were also top three. Ahead. Usually afford the the top three uh, a re-entry into the next event. So uh, you know, I gotta, gotta talk to the foundation. Uh, you know, that's on me. But um, <laughs> so um, the uh, all to say, I hope we have uh, both of you at some point in the future at, at Hellbender. Um, but um, you know that uh, that brings us up to uh, your your uh, most recent showdown at the uh, the Black Hills One Hundred. Um, you guys want to just give us a little bit of background, what, you know, where is black Hills 100? Uh, what's the course like, you know, give us a little background on the race itself. Yeah. You want to, you want to hit that one up? I'll, I'll get the intro just that it's, uh, you know, the black Hills in uh, Western South Dakota. And my son who's 15 was like, why are we going to South Dakota? You know, just like the, 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 you know, stereotype of just farmland and stuff but it's it's a real gem of a place in the country it's so awesome there's such a cool history of uh frontier and um native american culture and really beautiful landscape and and small towns and pretty laid-back people so uh you know made it it makes for an awesome family vacation with mount rushmore and uh badlands and uh, just just all of the national forest stuff there crazy horse um uh, it's just super cool custer state park and um yeah i've got a south dakota history in my family my dad's from there chris has some south dakota history with his family and um and then um i i just was like yeah i want to do another out west race uh keith nippling told me about black hills 100 and it just seems like one of these really cool low-key like grassroots local events in a place that i had really wanted to visit again and so um so i signed up and um i think chris maybe you could just say like why did you also sign up after uh after me for the black hills because i think i signed up in like october or yeah. or, or late in 2020 yeah you did um so i didn't sign up until i don't know maybe january or February or late enough to where I was on the wait list for a little while. But I waited so long because one, I'd never heard of the race before. Um, two, John uh, beat me pretty handedly at, uh, at Hellgate this past year. Like I, I was ahead of him for the first 20 miles, like always. And he caught up when I wasn't feeling great. We ran for a little while. Then I just wasn't feeling it. And he, he took off. And I thought that was the end of it. Um, and I started feeling a little better. And by, I don't know, by Bear Wallow, uh, mile 48 or whatever you want to call it, uh, two-thirds of the way through the race, I finally caught him at the aid station. But then he took off ahead of me, and I tried so hard to catch up. Um, I finally caught up to him at the next aid station. And then immediately after that, I had to go to the bathroom, and then he just laid down the hammer um and ended up beating me by like 10 he put 10 minutes on me in a matter of miles and uh i just i felt really bad about that a little depressed so i wanted to uh 
I saw that he, he signed up for the Black Hills and uh, I kind of wanted to go out there and ruin his day. Um, <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. And that, <laughs> and that is true. And, uh, and I, and I welcomed it. I was like, Oh, you, you know, in all honesty, it's like, Oh my gosh, that's actually going to be a lot of fun. We'll be out there. And I think we bring the best out of each other. Chris, you said you had some statistics before, but, but again, like every year, uh, Chris uh, and I, and oftentimes Jordan Chang, will be like, like boom, 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 sequential finishes for for yeah. several years in a row, at least the last three, and then several others, and and um, it's just it's insane how many times uh, Chris and I in a race for years now, hundred milers, hundred k, and we'll just we'll just be within minutes of each other, and we don't mean to. We're really trying to beat each other, like like. There's no like, like, Hey, let's run this together. And, uh, and it just happens like late in the race when we're just beat up, we end up, uh, finishing, uh, really close. Chris usually beats me. He, he had had the edge. So yeah, beating him this year at Hellgate was, was pretty awesome. I was super. So usually towards the end, I'm resigned to just like hanging with you for the rest of the race, but then you don't climb as fast as I do on the final climb. You just kind of take a little too easy. And I, I get up there like maybe 30 seconds ahead of you. And the next thing you know, um, you know, I'm a few minutes ahead of you by the end of it. So, yeah, uh, did not happen but, this year. Well, I think so much of our friendship has really happened in the tough, like tough, tough moments of uh, hundreds and um, and 100K. And, and Hellgate kind of, you know, it runs like a hundred miler where at the end, you're just so sick and tired of running. Like ultra running is stupid. You're, 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 you 100% mean it. Like this is so dumb. I'm just, this is so dumb. I can't do this anymore. And so to compete with the same person in that state for so many different times in nice weather and in miserable rain and snow has been a lot of fun. And so, yeah, for black Hills, uh, it was cool, man. That, that was like, I'm still riding a high of just what a great, race we had an experience we had and let me say something about black hills too so really cool race and um very you know like i what did you get it's like 14 15 000 feet of elevation yeah it was, it was 15 or so i mean I, I, it feels yeah it feels like it should be about 15 or 16 um yeah so but and, it's not runnable i mean i mean it's it is runnable but it's it's harder for 15 or 16 K like that's not, that doesn't sound like that much. Um, but yeah, it runs so slow. And the race is like 108 miles. I mean, you know, <laughs> our, our two watches, you know, like nice new yeah. Sunto nine watches, like 107, 108 miles, which, which is a total paradigm shift when you're at mile 80 and you have almost 30 miles to go man, we were miserable about that, yeah. you know? And when you're at mile 90 and you almost have 20 miles to go, it's like, what? So it's an out and back course. So we knew, you know, when we were clocking 54 miles at the turnaround, we're just like, oh my gosh. And uh, and all the aid stations were pretty far apart, like eight miles or so. And, and I mean, that's not that far, but when all of them are there and it's a travel race and you don't know anything, that seemed pretty far. But um but you could see on the website, the top three male and female finishers get these bison skulls and, and they, and they clearly like spend money on these things. They don't say black Hills on them. They're like these awesome bison skulls 
that are painted by the uh, by a local like Lakota Sioux um, uh, artist, and uh, they they have these awesome you know patterns that represent that culture on them, and, and you just see those, and you're like, all right, just got to get top three, like like it really is just a race if you're competitive and, and can do that for the bison skull. And, and I think we both went into that. I at least went into that as like, that is my number one, two and three goals. Like I want to come home with a bison skull. I don't care if I'm third place. I don't care anything about course records. I'm not that fast anyway. And, um, and it seemed like with the uh, ultra sign up crew it was like, I think that's doable. And, um, and then when Roberts joined, I'm like, Oh no, like here, here we go. Like, Okay, well, here's one more. And um, uh, I think we just pretty quickly found out in that race, uh, it, it was like, there's clearly like six or seven of us all running together in this really tight pack for the bison skull. It, it was unspoken, but 100%, you could just see it. And everybody's like, demeanor was like, I want to beat you because I want that bison skull. My wife told me I have to bring it home and put it in our, in our bedroom. And, um, you know, so much so that like we were the f- lead guy. Uh, he finished about 20 minutes ahead of us and he was way ahead all day, but we had this pack and we were literally all within just a few minutes of each other at the turnaround. And that's a pretty tight, usually things get spread out a little bit more, but when there was that many people at the turnaround, I was like, dang, that's a lot of yeah. people. Um, Did we get in there like seventh place or something at the turnaround? Yeah, yeah. I feel like we were towards the back of that pack too. We were, we were. That By de- by design, I think, what mile was it, Chris? We, we found out in the first 20 miles, everything was runnable. It, 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 there's, it's constantly up or down, but the grade is such that on a training run, you wouldn't be walking a lot. You'd be running everything. Mm-hmm. And, and there was no like really steep hills. We, we were just waiting for him, begging, like, where's the thousand foot climb in, in one or two miles? And it's like, no, it was like a thousand feet in like five miles or something. But <laughs> you just kept doing that. So I think after not too long, we could just tell like, we should start walking some of these hills. Coming back to proper pacing is like, this course seems like it's running a little long and these other guys in the pack, they're like running everything. And that's probably not going to work out too well by tomorrow, you know? So Chris, somehow he always runs ahead of me, but, but I was kind of like trying to go a little slower and, and uh, because Chris just ran the Capitol backyard ultra, I have to pump you up, dude. You ran 233 miles one month before this race. I don't know how you, it was my final training run, dude. I don't know how you did that. So, so you ran like 55 hours. And, um, I, I thought I was like, Oh, that's so awesome. He's going to be a shattered mess. And he's, he's going to DNF this race or be like, you know, back of the pack. But, you know, I think that was good because he stayed with me, uh, probably more than he would have if he hadn't done that. And, and we just, we took a real conservative approach and, we could see that we were just like, you know, as we say, trail frolicking and just like walking a lot of hills and, and we just were never losing sight of this and other yeah, crew. So. Judging the other people that looked like they were pushing it a little too hard on the climbs and which is nice. It's great to be in that position when you're like 50 miles into a race and you're judging someone for, for trying too hard. Yes. Um, <laughs> I remember, I, I distinctly remember one part. Uh, so, so Black Hills, 
it's 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 all beautiful single track except <laughs> these ATV trails. And um, usually it's, like it's really hot. It's like 24 miles of the course. It's it's basically a quarter of the course is these ATV trails. Yeah. Oh man. So you, so you come up and 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 the course it, it was raining. It was a really cool day. So I was like, yes, it's not going to be like puke hot weather. But we get to these ATV trails, and it's not like it was torrential rain all day, but just enough to be this horrible, sticky mud. It's not like legendary bighorn mud or anything, but what I remember, you know, the trails are just, they were just sad places. Like you just, they didn't inspire joy or anything. The landscape wasn't really cool around them. And um, you're constantly dodging uh, mud puddles and, um, and, and there was one point we were like on an uphill grade and I don't know, maybe mile 35 or something. And, and uh, those other guys were all running all that stuff. And, and I could see like Chris's shoes were just caked with like two inches of mud. And, and he just like stopped running and walked. He said, I'm not doing this, you know, and it was just such a funny moment of like, yeah, why would we try to run with mud on our shoes uphill? That's so stupid. Right. And so we were just, again, taking it really easy, walking that stuff. And, and when you're, when the bison skull is on the line, right, you would think like, oh, I should be anxious and going. But I think we were doing exactly what we needed to do, which was racing like you don't care, even though we did, um, so that on the way back, we could really be in, um, in great shape to finally um, systematically uh, drop everybody. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. So bring us, uh, you, you made the turnaround, you're coming back. So you said you were at seventh at the turnaround. Um, bring us back. Go ahead. Chris. Um, so, I mean, it's after the turnaround, it's, so it's a 10 AM start. So you get to the turnaround, it's still daylight, but it's, it's fading. Um, so the whole back half of the race is at night. Um, uh, well, most of it is at night. Um, yeah, and then we had like a little rainstorm at one point, and it, we, I don't know. It just we seemed like we were running a little bit better than some of the other folks. And I remember at one point when the rain started coming down, like John and I both just stopped, and we we were like, I don't care if this lasts for two minutes. Like I don't want to take that risk. Let's put on a rain jacket. And this other guy who was with us just kept going, and I was like, You're an idiot. Like what are you doing? Um, it was very clear that he. <laughs> he was racing. He was like in this race mentality, but there's still 40 plus miles, maybe 50 miles to go at that point. Um, and we caught back up with him, you know, and, uh, and yeah. And then it was just like, I don't know how long we were with him or within sight of this guy. Maybe it was 15 miles or 20 miles. I have no idea, but there was this point when it's just like, Oh, we broke him. <laughs> like, uh, I had stopped to go to the bathroom or something and I caught back up with him and John was ahead. And I just like, passed him so effortlessly going uphill and caught back up with john and i was like john we broke him um and then we spent you know another couple hours just trying to track down the next guy ahead of us and figure out where he was and um same kind of thing happened uh yeah (laughs) i think that's probably my favorite part yeah i I don't want to sound like we're um real like meathead you know like (laughs) uh, passing people but but that is the beauty of like ultra running i think when you're running competitive for yourself wherever you are is like it's just this primal foot race and, and it's it's endurance right like who can en- endure and um and then hundreds you have to be so smart right so we we felt pretty good about ourselves on the at the turnaround 
with this race, there was there's just three skulls, and we knew this one guy out front was unless something catastrophic happened, he was getting one of those skulls. He was going to win the race, and so it was like there's John and I. Um, there's no margin for error. We can't let anybody else be ahead of us. Um, that would have been terrible. If, if it was like we were in third and fourth place to finish, I would have been so frustrated. Oh, um, yeah. And and so, yeah. but just going and, and knowing, again, talking about patience, knowing all day that even at mile 20, we could just kind of get a sense. It's like, I think these guys are think they're running easy, but they're just running hills that we're walking. And the fact that they weren't dropping us, we – it was like, okay, this is what we need to do. We, we just need to stay here all day. And, and, it, and it was like a lot of patience. And then, yeah, after that turnaround, you could just kind of tell. And, and then, yes, this, this one guy, uh, Eric, we, we referred to him as sad Eric during the race when, when we thought we we're, you know, you have to give personalities to everyone, right? The guy in the lead was a total jerk, even though he ended up being really nice, but we demonized him. And then, uh, you know, white shirt guy, brown shirt guy. And um, I think about mile 60, we were, we were kind of with this guy who was just working way harder than we were. And I was kind of like, I was like, Chris, I think like, I think you and I are going to get second and third. Like I have a really good feeling about this because the guy who was in second, uh, we made up a lot of time on him later in that first 50. And, uh, the guys behind us, we just kind of felt like we were running a little bit better, but I'd say the coolest part of the night. So, uh, where was, Elk Creek was that eighty seven, Chris? I don't even remember. I, it, yeah, yeah, I think it was, it was somewhere in the night. <laughs> yeah, it was somewhere in the We're night. Uh, this aid station, which was like, yeah, it was like eighty seven, which you would think would be really cool, right? But actually, you you have like twenty more miles. So, and and there's this one you're running on top of this this canyon ridge, uh, which is really cool and you could see the aid station way off but you, you had to like descend down into the canyon and then you do this big switchback and come up and and as we were descending we were now in third and fourth place so it's like one of us is getting the bison skull right this is going well but man this is gonna suck we're gonna have to really race each other at the end and then we finally saw the second place guy's headlamp and if you've been racing late in a race, when you see that headlamp that you have not seen for 80 some miles, it's like, whoa. And, and so we see his headlamp. Chris didn't see it, but I was like, I swear I saw it. I don't think I'm hallucinating. And, and so we kind of do the switch back and we go up and we both kind of counted and we're like, all right, about five minutes. And then like, right as we said that, we look down and here's headlamps behind us. And it's the guy right behind us who had a pacer, and it was like shit. So we had uh, we had this really cool race going on, and and um, I have to admit, I I get kind of weak in those moments, and I I just worry that uh, I'm just going to give up. This isn't going to work well, and and that's Chris. I think when you really started to carry me because you were just like running these small hills and stuff. I was like, well, I'm going to keep up with him. <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> Go ahead. I think we had like a thousand foot climb finally, and it wasn't super steep, but it was like a sustained climb. And it felt like this is the point where, where fitness is really going to start winning out. And yeah, I think John's stomach was feeling a little weird and he was just in a little bit of a slump, but I don't know if we talked too much at that point, but it was just kind of dragging each other up this hill, trying to, to make sure we were gapping the person behind us. Um, you know, I, I wanted to get to the next aid station get in and out of the next aid station and, you know, not see this person behind us, like, you know, just 
drive home that we're that we're faster than you um because bison skulls bison skulls oh turning off headlamps leaving the aid station because bison skulls you know like you really don't want to give them that hope that they're that close to you right and, and it's so stupid but it's like yeah no chris turn your headlamp off you know we've got to sneak into the woods out of the aid station because they're right behind us and um so just the fact that we were able to pull that off and then uh i finally my stomach corrected and, and i like ate a snickers bar and i was like oh yeah i just ate a snickers bar like at mile 90 here we go and um we we're finally at this really pretty part of the course and on this little downhill, my legs were feeling good. And, and I, um, I think Chris had stopped to go to the bathroom and I just started running kind of fast. And I, I knew you were behind me, Chris secretly. Maybe I was hoping I would drop you, but I, I knew you were, we were kind of together. And then we finally saw second place and, um, just passed them, you know, as, as fast and hard as you could. And I knew Chris was going to see him in just a minute. And I was all fired up. Cause I was like, Oh, this is going to pump Roberts up. And, and like, we're both feeling good at this point. And uh, so we finally, Chris kind of caught back up with me uh, a few miles later. And, and then it was, was just awesome. Happy. Yeah, you were I was happy. not happy when you did that. <laughs> you took off. He was like 20 seconds ahead of me when he crested this hill. And then I hear like a, a brief conversation on the other side of the hill. So I knew that he caught the next guy. And I was like, crap, he's going to like, he's going to just start flying down the hill. And I get up there. I start going really fast. Like, hard the hardest we run all day and i do not say see john anywhere like i'm just like crap <laughs> john's dropped me i'm never going to catch up with him i'm like panting basically trying to get back down this hill to catch up with him so when i finally did i had some choice words to say yeah <laughs> but uh but that was that was a good feel and then it's like we just you know again come into like a really complete 100 miler chris i remember at one point you had said something like like i'm just really happy with this effort and um you know we we had like we still had you know 15 miles to go at this point like so long it was daylight now it was starting to get hot but um but we just really worked uh together to keep putting a gap on on people behind and 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 again knowing that okay you ran smart all day and now it's like time to see just how far Coca-Cola can take you. You know, it's like you're just down to soda at the aid stations and whatever food you can get down. And um, and it was it was great, you know, finally getting home. And, and um, I mean, we kept looking over our, our shoulders because because now the the gravity of the bison skulls really got in. So so even like a mile to go, you take this. Oh, it's terrible. You take this sidewalk. Uh, for like a mile through Sturgis to the finish line. <laughs> We're like, you know, running this nine 30 minute mile as hard as we could. It was so slow. And just like looking back every 10 seconds, like just waiting for some fast guy to come um, past us. So that's the best moment in the world when you finally realize like, okay, we don't have to race anymore. And that next person didn't come for another half hour, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. A lot right, of work so how, and nothing. How did it go across the finish line? Who took it across the finish line first? <laughs> um, well, we were supposed to tie, and then John pushed me ahead of him. So, yeah. Yeah, so Chris, Chris – I, I think Chris, Chris clearly had better legs about the last five miles – and um, 
I thought at one point he was just going to run ahead, but I was like, I don't care. I met my goal. I think, I think we're going to get a bison skull. And, um, and then, uh, we just, it was really it was awesome, man. I really appreciated running with him, um, in this really gorgeous area and, um, just, just, you know, again, sharing that misery that I think we've shared in so many different races and to do it together kind of with the triumph of the bison skulls was a, was a pretty cool event, especially after putting down a pretty solid hundred mile regarding pacing and nutrition. Um, so, so I'm glad you didn't leave me, man, because, uh, that would have made me a little sad. So, so I had to push him forward through the, uh, through the finish line ahead, ahead. So, but we died. (laughs) That's a great, that's great. Um, did you guys fly out there? I you hear me. You flew. I did you have? Okay. Did you have to check that bison skull in? Oh yeah, I had to. Uh, we shipped it. We we went to UPS and uh, spent a little money getting that thing um, shipped back. And I'm happy to say it arrived uh, safely. I was worried about that. Yeah. How how was your packing? Chris Chris drove back, so you did you uh, did you make your kids ride in the trunk so the bison skull could have a seatbelt? Exactly. No, um, I will tell you that that bison skull did not uh, smell particularly good in a uh, in a hot car for, for 800 miles. Yeah, they stuff it with like sage, but it has a real funky smell to it, doesn't it? It, it smells like dead animal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where is it? Yeah. House in each of your in each of your homes. Where did uh, you guys- mine is on the floor awaiting yeah mine's on the floor awaiting a place um yeah gotta find the the, the place of honor for it but it's gonna go somewhere nice yeah like likewise we're redoing our floors and painting so it's like safely smelling up a, cl- a closet right now <laughs> before it has its time to, to come out so but um but yeah so so black hills i, I mean gem of a place to go really cool race. I, I think the race directors and volunteers did an awesome job. And, and it's just, you know, um, I think I was just saying, you know, just, it was an awesome race. And I think you can tell when, um, I don't know, it's just a little bit of a passion project of the, of the race directors. And, and, um, there's something nice about kind of like old dominion you were at, you know, it's pretty like just low key, um, event, but, but really, pretty and and travel races are awesome you know when you go and go out west and you know combine it with a vacation i mean like like you're getting ready to do man hard rock i mean that's the ultimate going out into a different um place than you're you're currently um at i can't wait to hear more about how your week's gonna go thanks man um uh, did they incorporate any type of um like native american you know, um, history or culture, like, did they do anything at the pre-race meeting or anything like that? I, I, cause when I think of that area and you even mentioned it earlier, um, you know, that it brings to mind a lot of, um, you know, native American, uh, heritage. Did they bring in and tie that into the race at all? No, no. I mean, just with the bison skulls at the end, which, uh, yeah. was definitely, uh, a ma- a major component, but yeah, other than that, not really. I, I, yeah, I think sometimes 
it's, it's kind of nice to tie the the history in, you know, t- uh, to the race, you know, and, and kind of talk about where those lands originally were, you know, were from and just kind of giving a nod, you know, to the history of the area, but you know, not yeah. everybody's at that. No. And I, I think, um, I, I don't know, t- to me, like a really unspoken, uh, maybe respect to that was like, you know, again, that area, the history is really good. I, I actually read a few books to kind of like educate myself on all that, like, like Craig, Custer and Crazy Horse is a great synopsis of that area in particular. And there's lots of books on it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's cool. Crazy Horse was was born at this place, Bear Butte, and you run by, it's at the beginning and the end of this race. The, the race photographer photographs that with the background. It's just this big butte coming out. And um, anyway, uh, again, a really special place um, for for the Sioux and, you know, they used to have like councils there back in the day. I mean, it's just, it's really neat being in that landscape. And then, and then you tie that with, you know, frontierism, right. And like this thing that happened and, you know, on one hand kind of doesn't, <laughs> history isn't kind to the, some of the behaviors, you know, but then it's like, there's roads. I could fly into rapid city airport. You know, it's, it's this, you can't really judge history because it happened. And, and now I'm, I'm I'm driving on the roads and shopping at the Walmart, right? With all this progress that's happened. So, but yeah. if you learn about it, it's like those same stories are the exact same thing that are happening today. And um, so I think when you're out there, if you educate yourself beforehand, you can feel that. And the, the fact that the race directors, you know, spend all this money on these skulls that they have a artist do, I, I think is a really great nod to that. You know, if, yeah. if they had given us like a like a custer jacket right? <laughs> that would suck <laughs> so although some people would like that so true that's true oh, that's cool how were the buckles were they nice yeah they're all right i mean you know it's a buckle i don't know <laughs> it's like a western buckle I, I would have to say i think it fits it fits in with Sturgis. <laughs> Can I say that? Yeah, it's a, it's yeah, it's just isn't it black and gold or black and silver? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It would work well on a uh, on a leather get up on a motorcycle. I think so. I think so. So I kind of like it in that, you know, if you if you have a Western States buckle or an old Dominion buckle, you can you're like, "Oh, that's really nice." Or I presume the Hellbender buckle is pretty nice too. So. It's too big. You- it's too big to wear to wear. <laughs> The Hellbender buckle? Yeah, it's so big. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, I didn't, I didn't think it was it's very pretty. But it's, it's, well, it's like it's three times the size of Old Dominion. <laughs> yeah, well, I you know I think uh, I think it's more ornate. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I know John wears his on on Buckle Day. What what day is Buckle Day, John? National I don't buckle know. Day? I, I think I think a bunch of people keep trying to make that a thing, and it doesn't. We're just not that together as an ultra running community. So I, I wear, I wear a belt buckle almost every day. So do you now? Yeah. I mean, I've got them, so why not? They're always the small ones like old dominion or hurt or, or grindstone. But do you tuck uh, the, the front of your shirt in and leave the tail out or how's it? Not, not intentionally. <laughs> so, so in my job, you know, I'm a veterinarian and we, we kind of do like professional casual so I have, I wear khakis and I have like a polo shirt, you know, right. And it's got like, you know, Dr. Anderson and our staff on it. So, so, uh, you know, I always wear a belt and, and for, you know, I would always like wear a belt buckle 
after the races for a little bit and the staff would find me really annoying when I did that and stuff. But, but it's just funny because belt buckles are right They're They're this big statement piece. And I felt like it's probably like a, a woman who has a large chest feels when you would be talking to clients and you'd keep seeing their eyes going down to your belt buckle. Right. And you're like, you're like, you're looking at my belt buckle, you know, and, and, and it's just, it's, you know, it's distracting, especially the bigger ones like the, the Western States. And I guess what sounds like the hellbender. So it, it's, it's kind of funny. So I don't, I don't wear them as much anymore to, to work because I just like, it's just too distracting. And, and people have no idea. Like, why is this dude wearing a belt buckle? <laughs> It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, I, yeah, it doesn't fit our uh, our modern day, you know, uh, fashion, uh, unless you're wearing like Western, I guess, <laughs> you know, but that's true. It's so funny how that, that is part of our culture. Um, and it was so interesting. I mean, it kind of felt strange at uh, UTMB to get a vest, um, you know, after huh. doing like here, you know, <laughs> you buckle, 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 buckle. And then there you get this like Columbia vest, which was, I mean, it's nice. But, you know, it was just kind of like, oh, you know, uh, interesting. But uh, to each their own, it's, you know, I think it's more of an American thing, I guess. Um, but how many buckles do you guys have now? Uh, even- uh, I've got like 14 or so, I guess. I, over a dozen. I think this was my eighth or ninth. I think my eighth uh, 100 miler. Nice. Right on. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things we can talk about. I mean, you know, we didn't even talk about Chris's um, backyard event. Um, how did that put you, Chris, with 233 miles? Where did that put you? Where did that put me? Um, hating life afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely exhausted. <laughs> I didn't even hear about this. So, uh, like, did you, did that, did that win it or? No, no. Um, so, yeah, I, I gave up. Uh, and let the other guy take the win. He was going to beat me anyway. So, yeah, it was it was good enough, I think, to uh, to get me a at large uh, spot at Biggs in October. Yeah, hopefully. Um, you know, nothing's written for another month or so, but I think it's okay. I think it was good enough. And now, um, what would your like? Is your goal just to do Biggs, or would you do you ever want to do like um, uh, Barkley? Uh, Barkley is honestly the only real goal I have, uh, in, in running to be honest. Um, so yeah, all like the, the big stuff is just kind of a mechanism for me to test my limits a bit more beyond the typical hundred miler stuff. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my long-term goal, uh, however long it takes at this point. Oh, wow. I did not realize that. That's pretty cool, man. Aaron, um, hard rock is, is like my long game, you know? Uh, so, so I'm really, again, jealous and, uh, gonna watch your week coming up with envy and, and, and with my life schedule, I also know like, oh yeah, I'm only going to get out there a week before, you know, I, I wish I had the life where you could go out like three weeks and acclimate. So I think it'd be fine. I think, uh, (laughs) it's going to be good. It's going to be a long walk. (laughs) You know, I got (laughs) eight hours, dude. (laughs) Like it's just going to be a long, I already Pacers, uh, Sam Reed, who uh, Chris nice. knows, he's coming out, uh, and my, my great friend Morgan Elliott, uh, who I was out at Western States with in 2019, he lives out in Colorado, so he's pacing me, and then, uh, I, like I said, my wife would be there, and I've already told him, I said, you know, we're, we're going to be walking, <laughs> like, I mean, you know, it's, it's probably the downhills that we, you'll see any running, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, and 
John, I, I've said this, you know, in the past, like I've already, I, I know how fortunate I am to be there. And like, I fully appreciate that so many people have not gotten in, you know, much longer than it took me. So like that is, that weighs on me. Like I, I know that. And when I go into that, that's going to be something that's in my mind when I'm sucking air <laughs> and, you know, having a headache and, you know, nauseous and just, you know, at my lowest point, I'm going to just rely on the fact that I know where I'm at and what I'm doing, you know, means a whole lot of people, you know, to a whole lot of people, that spot, in other words, not what I'm doing, but that spot that, you know, that I'm taking up is significant, you know, it's significant. So I'm, yeah. I'm really, I'm, I'm definitely grateful for this opportunity. So like that's, and it's a, it's a huge motivator, you know, and, and just, my training for this and everything, you know, that's, that's been on, it's been in the forefront of my mind. It's just, I've been granted this opportunity that I'm just yeah. so grateful. Uh, well, I think too, like, yeah, don't ever feel guilty. Like I have zero spite against Aaron. Uh, yeah. Like I'm pumped for you that you got in and yeah, I, I yeah. hope you don't ever let that uh, dictate no, it's, it's, your decision, no, but, but I'm sure you're going to be running with gratitude. Everybody says it's like the prettiest place in North America. So I, I can't wait to see it myself and I can't wait to hear your stories um, about that as well. Hey, hey! Before we go, can we talk about long haul? I, I, and, and I, I, I'm gonna put Chris Roberts on the spot just a little bit, but I, I think this is kind of like a big news thing that that affected me positively during this race, and um, I have no say in this whatsoever. I'm just as a friend wanting uh, Chris to uh, open his mouth just a little bit about this thing he's creating. Sorry, yeah, John, you're, you're a sponsored promoter. Um, yeah, he, he literally sent me one peso to uh, to say that. So, yeah. <laughs> what's long haul, Chris Roberts? Uh, yeah, so long haul, it's a uh, it's a sports drink that I've been kind of crafting uh, for the past year. Um, yeah, I just had gotten to that point where I was just kind of sick and tired of a number of other uh, sports drinks. Just didn't really feel like they were fitting the bill. Um, so I did a bunch of research just to kind of build something myself that was going to work for me. And it turned out like it, it tasted okay. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought the formula made sense uh, scientifically, uh, you know, from all the research I'd done. And so I just started exploring it a little bit more, um, trying to craft something that thought it would maybe help other people. And um, yeah, I, I spent probably about six months uh, just kind of working through it uh, pretty diligently. Like almost every run, I'm trying some slightly new variant of it or just trying to test it in different conditions. And then last, was it April or May, I sent some stuff to to you, John. Um, yeah, John and, and Michelle were the, the first people to really give it a, a try outside of me. And I was, it was kind of nerve wracking um, handing something over. And it still wasn't even a finished product. Um, so uh, they've, Give me some good insights but yeah it's a it's a new sports drink that i'm hoping i can bring to market um sometime in early 2022 um and yeah it was great we both john and i used it at black hills um and uh yeah we got podiums so <laughs> yeah well tell us a little bit is it you know is it electrolyte driven is it calorie is it both yeah so it's uh it's just kind of like a number of those standard drinks were, you know, hundred calorie serving, uh, kind of thing. And for each serving, it, uh, hits, uh, the electrolyte, um, um, I call it full spectrum electrolytes. It's basically designed to mimic the average, um, person's sweat, um, ratios for the five electrolytes, uh, the five major electrolytes. It also has, uh, amino acids, um, which is 
partly why it's called long haul is it's intended for longer efforts. Um, you know, amino acids aren't going to hurt you if you take it for something short, but um, amino acids are, you know, kind of the building blocks of muscles. It's there to help uh, kind of protect your muscles uh, the longer and longer you go and kind of kind of bake in um, um, and jumpstarting the recovery process. You know, if you're, you're taking it uh, consistently during your longer runs, uh, that kind of thing. Um, and then it's, it's also, it's primarily maltodextrin based. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of simple, uh, a lot of simple sweet sugars in there. Um, so uh, there's some drinks out there that are just kind of sweet, to be honest. And 12 hours into a hundred miler, you might get to the point where you're just like, man, this is too sweet for me. Um, also there's others that are just too salty, too sour. Um, so it's really been trying to find the nice balance, like threading the needle. Um, so it's not too sour, not too salty, not too sweet. Um, get you all the, you know, the electrolytes and the amino acids that you need for those longer efforts. Um, yeah. 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 And I have to say, you know, Chris, uh, you know, we, 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 we always text each other stupid stuff from time to time. So we have kind of good banter, you know, again, as friends going on and, and he, he kind of clued me into this, that he was coming up with this thing. And I was like, dude, like you got to send me, you know, some, some things. Cause you know, Chris, Chris is being very humble, but he's a very, smart guy when he says he's researched something again he's a data analyst so he's like geeked out on it more than anyone will ever ever think of geeking out on something so and when i first had it you know it was like you could just kind of tell like this is made for like 100 mile running you know because uh and i i love have a long relationship with tailwind even through race sponsorship uh like like putting on events and and rocktane and stuff but my, my stomach just can't handle that for, you know, sometimes not even like a 50K or so. If I was just doing that um, straight, and that's just me, a lot of people can do well. But um, but the long haul right away, I was like, ooh, like this goes down really smooth. It's not too sweet. And uh, and I, I had a, a couple like four or five hour uh, goes with it. I was like, all right, put it in my drop bags. Let's run 100 miles, you know, and, and you can't test something except under those conditions, right? Like even a 50 K test run is BS because that's, that's still happy for a hundred mile or so. I, I remember there was one point we were near the turnaround and I was like, dude, in the past, like, you know, 10 hours, I've drinking 11 bottles of the stuff, like 200 calorie bottles and drinking more uh, than combined, I, I was, I was drinking more than him and it was, it was really good. And, uh, and easy. And I think it just set the stage for me and my stomach for having a really good race. And, and it, and I did have like, like I had some waffles that were in my buddy's drop bag from old dominion. And I think they had been in the hot car and, and I had like this one waffle and it was so, it was like rancid. It was so bad combined with a poorly timed, whatchamacallit at, at mile 70 and my stomach got pretty bad and I had to give myself a little rest, but um but and reset my stomach with some water and stuff but it but it, it was an awesome product so so chris i have to say again that was that was cool to uh at least be a part of it and, and again just as, as as a friend taking his samples you know i'm not part of his uh his uh company or anything but it was it was, it was a really good thing i'm excited to um see that the next steps where this could go because i don't think there's anything out there where it's like i think people try to cater to like all runners and other stuff. Yeah. And again, I don't even know the insights of all your stuff, Chris, but you can kind of tell like, this is something for like 
100 miles, 100K, 100 miles, which is that's a different thought process, but man, that was good. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, I look forward to, to hearing more about that too. And Chris, you know, whenever you, you do get it to the market, let me know. I'd like to like to try it myself. Oh, definitely. I will, uh, I will, I'll clue you in. Um, yeah. So it's, it's going to be a slow process, a slow roll for the next six months or so. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll send you some stuff. Thanks. Man. Oh, that's great. It's, it's tremendous that you took it on yourself to try to, you know, to make something that, you know, works, especially in, uh, you know, in, in our market right now, you know, there's definitely a lot of people trying to, to make things. So I, I hope it, uh, I hope it succeeds for you. That's, that's wonderful. Um, anything else we're remiss to, to not include? I mean, I, we could probably go on for hours with all the stories that you guys have. And, <laughs> uh, it's tremendous. Uh, it's not to say that we can't do another episode. I would re- really enjoy it. It's, it's been tremendous talking to the both of you. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation and, uh, and congrats to both of you. Of course, that was a, a heck of a run at black Hills to, you know, to go two, two or however you want to say it two, three. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, uh, add the picture too. You have to send me the picture so I can post that with this uh, episode with the you both holding up the skulls. That was yes. Yeah. That's really cool. That those things awesome. are massive. I, I could, when I saw the picture on social media, those are they're they're pretty cool. Yeah, so I, I, yeah. I can understand the uh, the want for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, no, thanks again. Likewise, great to uh, get to see you and talk to you. And and again, just a testament to like ultra running is cool. You know, these friendships are very real and good and, and we have them because we do this stuff, uh, this hard stuff to, uh, together. So, uh, yeah, it was really good to get to chat. Yeah. It was nice to catch up. Well, I want to thank both Chris and John for coming on the podcast and, and sharing all their stories, and I want to congratulate them once again on a 2-3 finish. Awesome job, guys. Way to earn those skulls. So, um, Amberin and I are back. Amberin, how are you? I'm great. <laughs> um, we are uh, sitting here in our living room preparing, uh, getting everything ready to uh, for me to go to uh, Colorado, um, and I am... Truly sorry that I can't bring you this time. Yeah, you're going to have to um, give me a little something for that. Like... <laughs> you already got your half birthday present there, sweetie. Well, that was from mom. <laughs> well, um, I will pick up something in Colorado for you. How's that? Keep talking. <laughs> yeah, so we'll surprise you when we get back. So. Ooh, um, la la. Just Beth and I are going this trip. The kids won't be making this trip, unfortunately. Uh, it didn't work out. Uh, but we'll get back to Colorado at some point so we can all explore together. Because I haven't been yet. Right. So um, Hard Rock's coming up. This is probably going to be the hardest one. Um, yeah, because it's called Hard Rock for a reason. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, it's going to be tough. Tougher than UTMB. Can you believe it? How is it can be tougher than UTMB? You had to climb up like one of the steepest mountains I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, well, there's some steep mountains out in Colorado, that's for sure. It's because of the how high the altitude is. We're going to be running up really high. Um, I don't know if you remember, we went up Pikes Peak in the train. You were really small. Um, we got I remember up. the name Pikes Peak, but I don't remember it. What happened? <laughs> it's a, a fourteen thousand foot peak. It's over fourteen thousand feet tall, and Daddy has to run over a peak that's fourteen thousand feet. So mm-hmm. it's going to be tough in that regard. We're going to be up high. So you have been to Colorado, you just don't remember. 
but we'll so get back I've there. been there, but I haven't been there. You haven't been to this part of Colorado where Daddy's mm. going. I've never been to this part of Colorado, so I'm really excited for it. So, um, but we'll get back there. So, um, but yeah, we're making the final preparations here. Um, just packed all my bags, got all my gear. Um, I'm going to be paying the airlines a bunch of money to check in <laughs> two bags. Um, but I think hopefully I got everything I need. Um, any last words of advice for me, ma'am? Yes. If you drop out, you're going to not be happy when you come home. <laughs> well, I'm certainly going to try to kiss that rock. That's what you do when you finish. You have to kiss the rock. They painted the rock. They have a ram on it. So That's it's a, disgusting. Yeah, and it's a tradition. So got to do it. Um, they clean the rock get... each time. Oh, that's, that's better. Yeah, every time somebody kisses it, they clean it. <laughs> but what if there's two people across? Do they keep like different size or something? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Or, uh, they, well, so we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm excited, nervous. Um, yep. but... You should be nervous. <laughs> it's like one of the hardest ones you've ever done. Yep, yep, that's for sure. I have respect for it. That's what it is. I have a lot of respect for this race. So it's going to be a lot more walking than I'm used to, but... That's the uh, that's the plan. Let's so you brought it. your hiking poles. I brought my hiking poles. Yep. Good. Yeah, I brought my hiking poles. Got plenty of shoes. Got my food. How many shoes are we talking here? <laughs> I brought three different pairs. <laughs> like not counting the ones you already have on. Um, I'm gonna wear one of the pairs that I will. Uh, oh, so you're gonna have two extra pairs after one of them that you have. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> Yes, so I've got I've got my shoes, and uh, I think I got all my gear. I got plenty of jackets and cold weather gear just in case. Do you think or do you know? I know. Yes, we'll go through everything and make sure. Yeah, make sure I got all my my gear. We'll okay. do a double check. Good luck doing that. <laughs> Bye yourself. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be something hard. Well, um, other things going on. Um, we're going to uh, work on the newsletter this week, get the newsletter out for the folks for July. Daddy's got to finish that. So I'm going to get that ready to get out while Wait. I'm in Colorado. Wait, you do a newsletter? I do. I do a monthly newsletter. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Yeah, so And if people want to subscribe, they can go over to my website, www.mrrunningpains.com, and they can subscribe. So uh, also... If you're interested in Ambrin, all of my old newsletters are on my website. They are all there. So you can go to the Connect With Me page, and you can click on newsletters and see all the old ones. The podcasts are all there, too. So if you want to listen to any old episode, they're all on there. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. As well as on my YouTube channel. You can watch Dad when I'm gone. You can you can do some exercises. No. <laughs> oh. So, um, I already got my morning routine exercises. Can't do the middle of the day exercises. What are you talking? <laughs> yes, we, uh, we, uh, we'll get that out this week. And what else? Anything else going on? Well, anything exciting? We've got the, uh, we're going to New Hampshire. Yeah, we're going to New Hampshire. That's right. There is a race up there. I don't know if we're going to do it or not. Do a 50K? Yep. Do you remember that one? No. The Ragged Mountain? Yes. We, we ended at the ski slope. You guys came like right at the end. I'd I had already finished. I felt like I remember that one. Yeah. I remember the name of it, Ragged Mountain. Yeah, so that's that's the last day we'll be there. Is that a mountain there? It's a ski slope. Oh. Yep, but so it is a mountain. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so um, Morgan's racing, and um, Elliot. 
Yeah, Morgan Elliott. And oh. Morgan's going to be crewing me and pacing me out at Hard Rock, so he'll be out there. Um, and Tori, do you remember Tori? She came here. Yeah. And had, yep. She had, she had dinner. Um, those of you that have heard Tori Greaves, she has the FKT on Pitchell for the the women. Um, Tori will also be racing, so I'd like to at least go up and if I don't race because of Hard Rock. Um, Wait, she's racing Hard Rock. No, she's racing Ragged. Uh, both Morgan ragged. and and Tori are racing Ragged. So wow. um, I coach both of them. And um, I'd like to go see him race because that's the U.S. Championships. It's the national championships for 50K trail. So if I don't race, I'd like to at least see them and, uh, and see how they do. So, But, yes, we are going up to New Hampshire. We're excited about that. Um, I'm excited for the water park. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the only thing I'm looking forward to. <laughs> well, we'll have a good time no matter what. And so. the cabin on the lake. That sounds nice. Yes. Well, Amberin, I want to thank you for helping me uh, co-host this show. You are very, very welcome. <laughs> and I love you, and I can't wait to, to get back. And, well, I'll obviously call you when I'm out there. But You better. Yes, and we'll, uh, we'll let you know how Hard Rock goes, obviously. And uh, those of you that are interested, you can track online. Um, if you go to the Hard Rock website, which is just hardrock.com, there is GPS tracking. I will post on my social medias um, what my bib number is and tracking information so you guys can follow along and see my slow progress. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> but um, thank you guys for listening, um, for supporting, uh, sharing, all of that good stuff. As always, I sincerely appreciate you guys. And Amberin, love you. Have a great time while I'm gone, and uh, I can't wait to see you again. Okay, that's, that's, that's really nice of you to say. <laughs> so much. Bye. Bye. Come in.